shameful company of auditing hungers. Hello and welcome. Um, to the Worshipful Company of Oddity Mangas. I am Ellen and, and I'm Percy Shaw. <laughs> oh, Percy Shaw. Who was that? Percy Shaw was an inventor. Uh-huh. Do you know what he invented? No. Cat's eyes. Cat what? Cat's eyes. Cat's eyes. You know on the road? Yes. When the, the headlights reflect the light back? Mm-hmm. What you're also supposed to have on your bicycle? Uh, yeah, yeah, that reflective thing. So uh-huh. he invented, but the ones for the road he invented. Ah, and when so, was that? I don't know, it was 1934 he got the, the patent. Well, he applied for the patent. Um, the story goes that he was driving on a particular Queensbury road one day and... It's a particularly dangerous road and curves, and he saw a cat sitting on a fence, and that made him realize he couldn't. It was foggy; he couldn't see the road, and so he managed to realize that that was the side of the road and corrected that. And he thought that's a great idea. So, cat cat's eyes literally come from the eye of a cat. cat. Yeah, when the lights you, you see yeah, you yeah, shine yeah. a light in the eye of a cat, they don't like it, but yeah. it reflects, and so he came up with material that would do that. He thought it'd be great if that was in the middle of the road to mm-hmm. if it's if there isn't any street lighting or anything, you could you can see where the where the road goes. Cool. Percy Shaw. Okay. No, I'm Scott. <laughs> <laughs> we start with a fun fact that is completely unrelated to the topics we talk about today. So do you know how to kill an octopus? Um tickle it? No. <laughs> So if you catch an octopus, yes. you have to bite in his head. Bite his head? Bite his head. Okay. This is how uh, fishermen and octopus hunters yeah. kill octopuses. Or octopi. You can say octopuses or octopi. Yeah. And this is the normal way to kill them. Okay. What I learned okay. by listening to Joe Rogan podcast this morning. Okay. <laughs> if it's from Joe Rogan, it must be right. Yes. So what do you bite the head off? No, you're not. You, you bite it a little bit that, that the skull crushes. Yeah. And he, the brain gets smashed. Okay. Because otherwise he's so slimy you cannot, if you try to put a knife in it, mm. it's, it's wiggly, wiggles and so stuff. So you bite, bite in the head and crush the skull. I remember seeing a, a program about Greek fishermen who catch octopuses as... <laughs> And what they do, they, they kill it, but they, they smash it against a rock. And But they keep smashing it until it becomes really foamy. That's to make it tender. I guess it's like making schnitzel. You you, you beat it until it's the, mm-hmm. the meat is really soft. But they just keep beating it until it becomes a white lather of foam on the octopus. Okay. I think biting in the head sounds more that's the, efficient. That's the same way you used to castrate sheep. With, by slapping it against the rock? No, no. Biting, by, by, the, biting, the, biting the balls off? Yes. You've got to be kidding No, me. that's how you do it. It's the only way to do it. These days they put a, 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 an elastic band around it until they just drop off. So someone had to bite off, had to, had to like crawl behind the yeah, hold the sheep, bite its balls off. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. However, okay. <laughs> that's got nothing to do with what we're, talk- what we're going to talk about today. Maybe only in like a metaphorical sense, <laughs> depending how you see things. Yeah. So today we continue our, 
our journey through the um, Middle Ages of Europe. Uh, I will talk, tell you about the Fugas, one of the first uh, major um, trade imperiums, or you can call early imperialists um, of Europe. Mm -hmm. And also I will talk a little bit about... Imperialists or capitalists? Yeah, capitalists. Yeah, they, they were capitalists, yeah. but you can also like... The, the, from my background as um, left-wing anarchist person... <laughs> Everyone is an imperialist. <laughs> <laughs> you pinko commie. It is a long time ago. <laughs> and then also I will talk a little bit about Karl V mm -hmm. and his role in Europe and how the vibe in Europe changed between, let's say, the 14th century and the 16th century in mostly Germany. Mostly Germany. Mostly Germany. Okay. So... Fugas. Fugas. When I, Mother when, Fugas. Mother Fugas, yes. <laughs> Mother, yeah. Okay, I had to, okay, I'm not going to bring that up again. <laughs> so we, when, we, when we did the Hanse podcast and the Medici podcast, I was like totally excited and uh, saying every time, oh, yeah, they like the Fugas. And Scott was looking at me with like big question marks in I've his eyes. I've never, ever heard of the Fugas. Um, they are quite popular or famous in uh, in, in Germany um, for being the richest mother... Mother Fugger. <laughs> mother Fugger. <laughs> Back true. then, and they are a synonym for all of those big banking houses that, like, extract profit wherever they can and, you know, have blood on their hands and stuff like that. So this so is... So similar to the... So were they banking? They were banking or... or um, they did, were... They were... Did they make... They were, they were into money. Okay. <clears throat> I will tell you a little bit about that. Please do. Okay. So, um, first of all, the Fuggers, the Fugger clan, the Fugger dynasty is still alive today. They are still, um, they are still Fuggers roaming this earth. And yeah, uh, now they, uh, they live in the region of Augsburg. Okay. This is also where they, where they are from. That's Schwaben. This is Schwaben, yes. And they um, are known to be... Uh, philanthropists and, okay. you know, mecenes of, of the arts and do all sorts of... So the, the word Fugger, is, is it a family name? It's a family name. Okay. Yes. It's a, a yes. And they start out um, in a little village, of course, in Schwaben. And, uh, Schwaben's in southern Germany. Yes. South of Germany. That's yes, very so important. Next to uh, Bavaria. <laughs> Yeah, next to Bavaria. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's only for my own benefit. I'm... Yeah, um, and originally, originally they were um, weavers. 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 Yeah. So they were normal working class before mm -hmm. they were working class people. They were they were um, they made cloth, mm -hmm. and then one very um, you know adventurous. Um, family member um, made his um, um, move to Augsburg and started a very successful weaver business, okay. weaving business. But so they had a factory or something? Or? No, there were no factories back then. Oh, okay, it was just handcraft. Handcraft. Yeah. Um, so so what, 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 what year are we talking about? We are talking about 14... 
uh, late 14th century. So 13, 18. Early 15th century. 13 something, 14 something. Yeah. And um, it was a family business. Um, and it's um, divided into two lines. So the, 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 the weaving business was very successful. And mm -hmm. also they started to trade. They bought wool, traded wool, and started to make money, like, like, like decent money. Mm -hmm. And then the family split, and it's uh, into two lines. One is the Fugos von der Lilie, and those are the ones I'm going to talk about. And the other ones are called the Fugos vom Reh. Reh, from a deer. From a deer. Okay. Also focus from the lily. Is so lily focus and deer focus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the lily, the flower people, the flower power people, yeah. um, are the ones that uh, built the name Fugger um, into like European fame. Yeah. Um, one of the Jakob uh, Fugger, the younger, the, the, the younger, the younger Uh, is the one with with whom everything started, and then it got got continued uh, through his son and his grandson. So we are only talking about mainly about three generations. Okay, so, so, so a span not... of roughly hundred years when they were operating um, and built their dynasty and their empire, operating in this span and then uh, dissolving it mm -hmm. in the end. Um, It started with um, that in 1473, they um, started making clothing mm -hmm. for the emperor. So they were making cloth and then they yes. started making actual clothing. Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, they, they make the cloth and the clothing for the emperor. Um, and with that, they got in touch with the, with the rich and powerful at, uh, at this time. Networking, that's what networking. you got to do. Yes. Um, um, Germany or Europe at this time, there was no Germany back then, but it, let's say this part of the world at this time was still in the sorry, spirit of the Middle Ages, mm -hmm. where the uh, high and late Middle Ages. So <clears throat> um, north of the Alps, this is the region we are talking about, was ruled by church. It was this, like kind of a standstill. Everything was very... Um, restricted and there were not a lot of inno innovation happening yet so south of the Alps already the first like, the, the renaissance was happening mm -hmm. you know new inventions um, freedom of thinking oh, the, the Medici were in high you know, Medici yeah. were in high swing um, north of the Alps was still very traditional so the society was um, structured, you had little villages, you had craftsmen, you had farmers, then you maybe had a knight that ruled over the t territory, or a, a graf or a duke. Mm -hmm. uh, what is graf again in English? Baron? Baron, the Baron is something else. Baron. Mm. There are so many yeah, German titles, tricky. and we always try to like... Herzog, <laughs> Herzog graf, graf, Baron, Kurfürst, Kurfürst, And try, and try to map them onto the English is is tricky. It's tricky. So let's say. Let's say graph. Um, gentle people. Can okay. you say gentle? Or no, nobility. 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 Um, so they were like little, little uh, territories. Everyone like was like they ruled 
over a town or mm -hmm. like a stretch of land. Um, everything was quite peaceful in ear, how do you say that? S scare quotes. Scare quotes. <laughs> um, because um, there were not, so people were working and trading and producing stuff To, to, to sell it or to like live from it, but not, but more in the community spirit. You know, nobody was trying to get rich from it. Yeah, so they weren't trading with other places. It mm -hmm. was all local. They were trading, but it was not to get rich. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? It was, it, that was, was very surprising for me because I, I didn't, didn't know that. It was all quite of like the same. Everyone was, the community should survive, but there was not an amassment of, of major wealth yeah. for one person yeah. happening. Um, at the same time, um, everyone was very God-fearing mm -hmm. and um, uh, relics were like, they were like... So this is before were, the Reformation, so it's a yes, Catholic... It's a Catholic... It's a Catholic land, yeah. Catholic wipe. Um, they, they were all part, in the bigger sense, of the Holy Roman Empire, mm -hmm. um, ruled by one of the emperors at this time, I believe, either, I think, Sigismund, Sigismund or his uh, ancestor. Because Sigismund was the same guy who went down to the, the Medici's and, and sorted out the... Um, was it the same Sigismund? There were several emperor, emperors went down so to this, Italy like, to sort out difference. So <laughs> I need to be more specific. Well, this is the one. Remember, we were talking about that the the uh, Pope John the Twelfth. No, 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 uh, John the Twelfth. But he was the pirate pope. Could be Sigismund then. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. And um, so there was a huge. This Holy Roman Empire was huge. It. it It's, it, it, its reach was from the Baltic Slavic countries in the east mm. uh, to Spain and later to even Mexico and Peru. Um, so they, they ruled over so many different tribes and um, people yeah. that um, it, it, it was not, you know, it was not a king in a castle like two hours away from you. Yeah. Um, anyway, it was like a kind of, I'm not saying socialist, because it was not socialist, but it was like a tempered vibe. Mm -hmm. You know, they were like working away in a little, like, you know, village and but not, trading to the Hanse, mm, maybe. But not capitalism, not, for capitalism's sake. I mean, no, 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 there was know, no capitalism yeah. at all. Yeah. North of the Alps. So, then the Fugos come along, and as I said, they start making trying building the network with um, being the suppliers for the emperor. Mm -hmm. And then one of them uh, sent his son to uh, Florence <coughs> and to Venice. Ah. And on this journey, this young Fugger boy uh, got in touch, Jakob. I like um, to call him Little Fugger. Yeah, Little Fugger. Um, experienced Venice. Ah. The thriving city that's built on trade, inter like like you, not international trade, but far-reaching well, trade. Yeah, that's international. Um, I mean, uh, there were banks. There were like you know art. Everything happening. And it blew his mind. It blew his mind. Um, 
um, when is at this time was a, a global uh, um, metropolis and had the trade a monopoly mm -hmm. for south of the Alps um, in Venice the banking system was there were the first banks mm -hmm. that even the giro conto was they say was invented in Venice um, the, um, and what's a giro conto I don't know how to translate yeah, 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 yeah. Um, a giro conto is um, that you didn't have so one is going to the bank I want to send you money mm -hmm. so I go to the bank mm -hmm. and with my name a vouch for the money and they write it in a book and then someone else can come and get the money okay so it's not with not with a wexel it's not with paper or yeah, exchange or anything it's like a, a, a money transfer uh, correct supervisor yeah um, also, uh, in Italy at this time, uh, credit trade is already happening. Mm -hmm. So that someone loans someone money and gets the interest rate for it. And this is something that was completely not forbidden, but unknown. unknown and also not looked favor favorably, favorably up, upon yeah. from the church, what would what is maybe a new fact for you, but the church was actually against, initially, <laughs> against against this interest in making money from lending someone money. And this is because there's one line in the Bible that says you should only make money from the from the work where, where, where you have sweat on your face from doing it or something. Mm -hmm. Later, they hired experts to have a new interpretation of the Bible. Mm -hmm. It's find, flexible that way. To find loopholes where God or Jesus or Moses or whomever had actually like, you know... You a can, girocondo. Yes, you can, <laughs> you can in, interpret it differently. Um, okay, so Jacob went to Venice. His mind got blown. Also, he probably had a lot of sex there. Um, and new experiences, maybe ate uh, octopus for the first time in his life. Maybe a bit off sheets testicles. Yes, or there was a lot testicles. of that happening in Venice. <laughs> and um, then he comes back to Augsburg and starts working in one of the uh, offices for his uh, for his family. Um, and they already uh, and he already starts thinking about you know how he can implement implement those new found um, ideas uh -huh. for the family business for the family business mm -hmm. you know um, at the same time it happens that Erzherzog uh, Sigismund so Sigismund was not the emperor but he was the Erzherzog a what a duke a duke Erzherzog yes. Higher a duke, not just a duke, but like a, a grand duke. A grand duke. Ah. Um, uh, who had forty uh, illegitimate uh, children? Forty by the way. or fourteen? Yeah, forty. Four zero. Yeah. Jesus. Um, he needed money. <laughs> what for, for? For child support. Probably for child support or to win like a war about a neighboring duke or something, and um, so this 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 Sigismund had silver mines. Um, at this time, 
There were a lot of, they discovered a lot of mining, like, like Bodenschätze. How do you call Bodenschätze in English? Bodenschätze. What you find in the earth, metal, resources. They, the they mineral. Found, yeah, yeah. They, they found a lot of resources, especially in the south of Germany, north of uh, Czechoslovakia, Tyrol, mm -hmm. and Hungary. And Sigismund uh, was hap happens to have one silver mine or more silver mines, but at this time they didn't have the technique or the methods to um, they they could like uh, get the silver ore out of the ground, but they didn't make money out of it. They didn't stamp, they didn't do anything with it. They so just sold the raw material. Ah, so they didn't refine it. They didn't refine it, so it was sold. They mm -hmm. shipped it to Venice, and then stuff happened. Mm -hmm. And then the Fugger thought. <clears throat> this is a good opportunity to make some profit. So how, how did they go from making cloth to having a mine? It was be, they, because they, of they did not have a mine. Oh, well, Sigismund the had this. Yeah, yeah they, okay. uh, Sigismund had the mine. Ah. But what they did, they took over the modernizations of a lot of mines, later also with Tyrol from the Habsburger Emperor. <clears throat> they got like contracts to... <coughs> Sorry, mine the mine. Yeah, yeah. So they um, invested a lot of money. So it took a lot of. <coughs> so they had a lot of money. Yes. For, from their cloth business yes. and they're looking at what else to do. How to maximize the yeah. money? And yeah. the, the the thing to go on back then was ore, yep. earth. But you need a lot of in initial investment mm. to modernize the production methods and to get streets built. You yeah. know all of this stuff to actually maximize the production of the mine and then to refine it and then to sell it. Right. And they got contracts that they are allowed to do that. And um, over, the, over, over time, um, more and more um, nobility people needed money, so they got loans from the Fugas. In exchange, they gave them the contracts to mine their lands. So this is in the 1400s? Yes, uh, this is in the 1500s. 1500s. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, they uh, also then um, the Habsburger Emperor Maximilian got in touch with the Fuggers or vice versa because uh, um, Facebook or something. Uh, Facebook. And the thing is that the Fuggers lived in Augsburg. Mm -hmm. Augsburg was a very important Reichsstadt. Reichsstadt means it's a, it's a city that has special uh, privileges. So uh, a lot of <coughs> Reist, also a lot of official emperor business and church business was happening in Augsburg back then. So they get tax breaks. I don't know if they get tax, but it was like a, it was like Berlin now. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. it's like a, it's not a like city a, state. it's not a, no, it's not also not a city, but it's not a random city. It's yeah. where big decisions get made. You know, okay, so it's a hub. A, 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 it's a hub. And, sort of um, commercial and political hub. Correct. So the, the way the degrees of separation between the focus and the emperor, you know, could be easily, yeah. you know, They were a lot closer. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and Kaiser Maximilian, of course... Is that Habsburg? Yes. Every fucking emperor needed all the time money to, like, finance wars. <laughs> The wars were mostly against France. Everyone hates the French. <laughs> I mean, but we, but yeah. we already worked out in the, in, the, yeah. in the Medici stuff. It's stupid to lend a, 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 yeah. an emperor or a king money for a war because you're never going to see it back. Mm 
That's why the, why these these Florentine houses went bankrupt. Also, <clears throat> so the 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 Habsburg Emperor lent lended money, lended itself money from the Fokas. Borrowed. Borrowed. Yes, he got um, one hundred twenty thousand and 200,000 silver gulden um, he lent, he borrowed for that the Fugas got the uh, copper mines in Slovakia so they, they were allowed to mine them okay they got yeah, their rights to it genau and they also like modernized everything and had like a, so most of the wealth of the of the empire of the Fugas is built of Mining. Mining. So they had the silver. They had the access to the mines of mm -hmm. Sigismund, and now they've got the yeah. copper. That were the silver mines, and now the yeah. copper mines yes. from from um, what's his name? Uh, Maximilian. Ma from Max. Yes. So they did in a. They were like, if you if you picture like a German in your mind, the cliche German, mm -hmm. the focus were those. There are, there, are many, there are many German cliches. But so, the Medici, as Scott told you, and I, we, we told you, they were like, you know, had blood rivalry, they were poisoning each other, they were like thrown out of the city because they were so barbaric, and there were yeah. a lot of like, you know, backstabbing and scandal going on. The Fugas were organized, they um, were totally big into marketing, distribution, um, being on time, <laughs> being like you know very like calm, following the rules. Yes, yeah, they made the rules, they made but they the... you know, but they were like you know like like kind of like Protestant people before they were Protestant. Proto Protestants, yeah, Proto Protestant. Um, okay, and they built streets, and so the whole community profited from it. So they were like you know organized mm -hmm. people that. We're sitting that in the end of the day in their little um, office in their in Augsburg, um, counting the numbers mm -hmm. on a they didn't spreadsheet. Have, on a kind of a <laughs> spreadsheet. Uh, correct. So um, at the same time, they, they were mining stuff, but they were also building their their um, their their, their um, trade business over um, the whole of Central Europe. They had trade trade routes, agencies, storage houses, offices, um, and it spanned from Antwerp till to Danzig, to Neapel, Porto, Hungary, um, and included also the whole of Central Europe. So, it was, so they had offices there. They had branch offices. Yes. Wow. Yes. Um, to like get to like sell their ores, yeah. the, the ore. So, and so, the, so the, the, a bit like the the Hanses, but they were. Um, you know, the Hanse was at this time already like. But the Hanses weren't producing anything. The Hanse they were, were just producing anything, and also Hanse was more. So the, the focus are come from the south of Germany, yeah. and the Hanse is more like the north of Germany. So northern Europe was the Hanses. Mm -hmm. Southern Europe was was the uh, the focus. Mm -hmm. And also in those offices, they also like had their loan offices. Yeah. So people could like get loans from them. Um, it was said that 
they were more organized than, than Italians in general, mm -hmm. <laughs> Genoa or Florence or whatever. Um, and he, it was said that Jakob Fugger was like a chess player, you yeah, know, yeah. like every like 10 steps ahead and seeing where is, a, where is an opportunity to make any money. Is he the, is he the guy who went to Venice? They already started um, amassing shitloads of money. Mm -hmm. The enemies were, were the Deutschen Stände, that means the German guilds. Yeah. Um, tiny little <coughs> noble people like knights. Um, all of the craftsmen and small merchants. Because Isn't that everybody? Mm, yeah. Oh, well, the, the, the king nobility, is on the, yeah. nobility is on the other side. Yeah. And, and they were against them, as I said, because... One family, or not even like one person, Jakob Fugger, is making money out of, in their eyes, doing nothing. Right. right it was right. not to further community, to further like a country district. It was in too much money as one, one person could not spend this amount of money. So they didn't understand why this is happening. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and this is also where it starts that the world views Uh, were clashing. So German in the middle, Germany in the Middle Ages, um, as I told you before, was more like community centered, and the Fuggers adapted the Italian way and Germanized it in to be to be not with like blood uh, vengeances. Yeah. Um, they were more like to have uh, individual and private uh, accumulation of immense wealth and power. Um, and they did, as I said, with credits, with interest rates, and this was totally against the German values at this time. Mm -hmm. As we see later, this will be one of the uh, moving f factors or one of the initial factors to get the German Reformation that culminated in the separation of the church going. Yep. And when we come back, I tell you more about why that happened and what the spark was cool. to get this fight I going. can't wait. Okay. So, yeah, back. I got a question before you start. <sighs> okay. Okay, they're in Augsburg still. Augsburg. They will yeah. never leave Augsburg. Uh, okay, they're always in Augsburg. Um, And they're amassing the shitload of wealth. Yeah. Did they build any castles or did they... At this time, not. They, the only thing they did in Augsburg, they combined two houses, two... two I don't even... If palazzo is the right word for okay. it. Two big houses that are on the market mm -hmm. in Augsburg. They combined them <clears throat> to make one big... And that's all I did. One big, one big mansion, and they put a lot of um, Renaissance art in it, mm -hmm. marble pillars, and had like an atrium courtyard. So that, that, and they had some 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 artists from Italy paint paint some pictures, but they didn't, you know, didn't throw lavish parties or had like lots of women or stuff like. I that. I guess that's part of what you were saying that it's it's. Um, not socially ac acceptable to flaunt your wealth. 
Correct. What they did, I don't know if, if at this time or, or later on, um, they built um, that's called a fugerei. Mm -hmm. They built like some something like a um, a big housing complex where the poor people could live. The people that had no money mm -hmm. could live for like a shilling or very little money. And this fugerei is still around today. Yeah. Um, so um, people that get that get um, money from the government in Augsburg can live there for one euro or something. So mm. they still so they and also they um, gave money to like hospitals and stuff like so that. So the idea of philanthropy mm -hmm. goes back a very long time. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting because yeah, the Medici's did that as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know whether it's part of this religious enforced guilt. I think so. It, I think I really think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it still exists now. Probably not religious enforced, but there's still this. Look at the Gates Foundation and all mm -hmm. these people who have a lot of money who do a shitload of philanthropic mm -hmm. work. Yeah. So <clears throat> we are now at the, at the crossroads that uh, the Fuckers are already working with the emperor, mm -hmm. lending him money. But what they really wanted, they got the mines. And they even got um, a, a privilege that they uh, could trade with Venice, even if even when the emperor had a boycott against Venice. Oh wow! Um, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> and Maximilian gets more and more dependent on uh, Fugger's credits to finance his expansions or finance even that he could stay in power. Um, then, but the Fuggers are not yet. The soul, the the like the königliche Hoflieferant. What would you say the the royal the royal bank? Yeah. And they really, I don't know why, because maybe they didn't like learn from the history, <laughs> from the past. But they really want to become the Habsburger bank. Bank, yeah. Bank, and they um, managed it at one point. So they are really now deeply connected. Habsburg Imperium, Holy Roman Empire, and Fugas is the same. Yep. The same thing. They have yep. the same interests. The Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity. And so they get even more money. Money. <clears throat> I think they, they... I don't know why they were so interested in money. I, I don't know. Just be, maybe because they think they could get it or trick the system. Or I don't know. It's like not... Yeah. Yeah. They were the first that had this like really deep longing or desire to be the richest people in the world. Avarice. Yeah. Avarice. Yeah, and it's yeah, and also like the the synonym in Europe at this time for a rich person was fugger. Rich as a fugger. Yeah. Was the word on the street. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so the king the emperor, sorry, heard about, at this time, about the thing that is going on in other places. It's called the Ablasshandel. Ablasshandel? <laughs> this, when you, you know, you know the translation, we worked uh, it out. Uh, Ablasshandel. So, Trade. so, so, a person could go to the church to its to, to its Oh sorry, church. yes, yes, yes. Um the word is Pen. indulgences. Ah yes, yes. Indulgences where you can sell you can buy 
um, your way into heaven. Yeah, so you pay money, you get a piece of paper for it, and depending on how much money you pay, like one or two or three or four sins get, you know, erased from your record. Yeah. So who came up with that? I think Italians. <laughs> the Pope. The Pope. <laughs> that was a Medici at this time, of course. Um, so... And the Habsburg Emperor wants to get into this game, and they built a Peter's Dome at Peter's Dome at this time. So the Peter's Dome got St. Peter's Cathedral. Yes. So they got the license. It's called a bulle from the Pope to have this Ablasshandel um, going. Mm -hmm. And the Fuggers um, didn't were the bankers of the emperor, so they traveled with Johann von Tetzel. Johann von Tetzel was the guy that like gave out those pieces of paper. It's a very famous name in German. Um, Johann von Tetzel that you probably also did not hear about it yet. Okay. And um, <clears throat> the Fuggers were, not Jakob von Fugger, but his employees were traveling with him and guarding the big metal chest where the money is collected. Yeah. Um, the Fuggers did that not to, they did not make money from it, but they did it to like strengthen their relationship. But Now the Fugger name was even more in the mind of the people um, connected or put together with this like big chest, big metal chest of, of money of money with like coins in it. And it was like the symbol of, of e not evil, but like symbol of like corrupt practices. Mm -hmm. And this, this um, divide, this is something where you could put like kind of a face to it, a face to, to the enemy. Yep. Um, and this got um, a lot of alarm in Germany happening. At the same time, Luther, Martin Luther starts to step on the stage and also the Buchdruck was invented. Uh, the printing print, press. Print, the, the moving Printing, printing press. Printing press was invented, so it was very easy to like print lots, lots, lots of flyers, mm -hmm. and to get uh, your word out. You know, to have um, yeah, yeah, um, agitation happening. Um, this all uh, accumulates at fifteen eighteen, and another Reichstag. It's like a um, parliament. Pa early parliament sitting in Augsburg. Um, uh, at this time, the emperor Maximilian is uh, totally, you know, bankrupt. And uh, he gives, he, 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 he gives his, his seat and he dies. And um, the, the problem now is how to find his successor. Now, the Kurfürsten. Uh -huh. The elector. elector, the electors, like the electoral college, come Sorry, into sure. play. This Alexa, Alexa is not sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> What set her off? It was probably electoral college. Let's try Let's... again. Electoral college? No. Nope. No. Okay. Let's see if Alexa has uh, something to offer yeah. to our podcast. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> So, um, it was the, the system um, in the Holy Roman Empire 
with an emperor went like this. When the emperor dies, not his son is automatically his successor, mm -hmm. but the successor uh, gets elected by a group of special dukes. And they come together for a Reichstag and they like 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 with the Pope. How 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 a Pope gets elected is kind of the same. Yep. So in with the the Pope gets um voted in by the Cardinals mm -hmm. and in place of the Cardinals we have the electors or the Kufusten. Mm -hmm. And this election was between the French king and the son of Maximilian, Karl V. Okay, so there are two candidates. Mm -hmm. All right, Karl V is Max's son mm -hmm. and the French guy. Okay, The so, French guy maybe is also probably related, I don't know. They're how. all related. Um, and Karl V initially doesn't want to have to do anything with the Fuggers. Okay. He doesn't want to take their money, he doesn't want to like deal with them. Mm -hmm. um, but in the end, the only way how he can win the vote mm -hmm. is if he gives the uh, electors the core first money. Mm -hmm. So he borrows um, 1,000, no, 1 million, 1 million 100 gold gulden mm -hmm. and shares them, what? gives them... 1 million 100,000. Yes. And um, this is what he, you know, distributes. Who would that be worth now? Shit, lot of money. Yeah. Um, that he gets from also the 800,000 800, golden he gets from the Fuggers to like you know persuade yeah. the vote in his favor. So basically buying the bribing the yeah. The it's electors. like who can offer the more? It's like it's like the vote now. You know who can, who could promise more roads to be built? Who could promise a wall? Mm. erected against Mexico mm -hmm. you know it's the same thing you know it's like you know yeah yeah. Um, historians say that this crucial vote started or, or this started the whole animosity between France and Germany that lasts that is still seen in the second till the second world war mm -hmm. this like deep divide um that that the germans and the french people had against each other i mean i i don't know because i'm from east germany and we did not have this i didn't grow up with this notion mm -hmm. but um from 1518 till let's say 1950 there was this you know underlying tension between the two countries and And he, uh, uh, Karl V alone, in uh, in his reign, fought five wars against France. So France did the Fuggers really, finance that? Of course. So France was really pissed about that that they did not get the emperor uh, title. <clears throat> But Karl V got it. He won, and um, he went on to uh, try and fight the, his other enemies, first of all, Luther and the Reformation. Um, also, we told you about, um, he had a lot of, lot, um, lot of deals with the Pope mm -hmm. and with the Medici. He made Alessandro the Duke of Florence. He did all of those things. Um, <clears throat> but in the end, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't, his... his um, What he outset to, to stop the splitting of the church 
and to destroy the Reformation movement, he did not achieve. Um, the, the even he he fought a war against the uh, Reformation. Um, but like the alliance that got stronger and stronger over the years. So there were, so the the the, the pro Reformation people. There were also the movement uh, got the stronger movement. and stronger. There were electors who who supported that as yes. well. So Luther in uh, uh, 1530, there was another Reichstag in Worms, and Luther was asked to uh, denounce. The thesen he put up in Wittenberg at the church door, and what do you call thesen? What thesis? Yeah. Um, and he refused to do that. And the co-first, the elector from Saxon, from Saxony, um, gave Luther a refuge. Yep. And on his uh, castle on top of a mountain called Wartburg, uh, that's near Eisenach, Luther translated the Bible from Latin to uh, German. That was the first time this happened. And as I said, the, the, the country, the movement for a reformation got stronger and stronger. It was not only like little people, yeah. but lots of nobility joined the cause. Um, and in the end, they, they came, they came, they, they clashed together in a big battle. Uh, in some in some little town in uh, Thüringen, Thuringia, and it was at this time the biggest battle that had ever happened on German soil. Um, the, em the emperor's troops alone were fifty thousand soldiers. The emperor won this battle, but um, in the end, he could not uh, could not st stomp out this spirit. Mm -hmm. So the, the the Fulgers at this stage were very publicly were very publicly um, known to be aligned with this with, yes. with the emperors and I mean Luther would have yeah Luther called everything that was sketchy and like capitalistic he did not know the word capitalist yet verdammte Fuggerei like damn Fuggerism <laughs> so that was synonymous with yes. capitalism or, or wealth and making yes. money. It, this was a new spirit, new ec economy, new methods, no new ways of thinking about industrialization, um, and Fugger was totally anti-capitalist. Luther. Yes, Luther. Yes. <clears throat> also, the Hanse was totally against Fugger because they were competitors. They were exactly. Um, okay. So the, this battle, let me just finish this the Fugger story and then I talk more about Karl V. Um, so when... Um, now I lost my thingy, what's he? Thread, red thread. Thread, train of thought. Also the problem is that I sometimes cannot read my own handwriting. No one can <laughs> read your handwriting. It's cryptography. Okay, okay, okay. Let's 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 step back. So, um, the, the Karl V gets elected with Fugger money. The Reformation movement is brewing in Germany, and now uh, the son of Jakob Anton Fugger is the head of the family. Um, he gives <laughs> all in all over one million gulden. After the election to Karl V. 
Oh, so he's already won, but he still yes. gives him. Yes, and he also gives shitloads of money to Henry VIII. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we're talking, we're, we're in the 1500s now, 1550 yes, or so. Yes, 15... Late 1500s. 1540-ish. Okay. And um, so he finances all sorts of nobles. Why did he give money to Henry VIII? Because... I don't know why. For a war against France? Probably. Yes, very likely. <laughs> Poor France was getting it from both yeah. sides. Yeah, yeah. So is it. Um, the, the interesting thing, interesting fact is that Augsburg, so the town of the Fugger residency, is actually on the side of the Protestants. <laughs> so and this, that, Augsburg is yeah, pro-Protestant. Yeah. So this, this, and this is their seat yeah, of power. Yeah, so this is, puts the Fuggers in a very delicate position. Oh, you think? Because they don't want to you know, go against their own hometown. Yeah. But they also like need to have like some allegiance to like the emperor. So when emperor is trying to like lay siege to Augsburg, uh, Anton Fugger actually goes to the emperor, gets on his knees and begs that Augsburg gets you know not run over by soldiers and everyone gets raped. The, the emperor agrees and they have like negotiations and stuff like that. Um, so as I said. Um, <clears throat> the emperor initially wins all of the war against the Protestant movement. Um, also, he um, gives the Fuggers a lot of um, a lot of um, be because Karl V is also the king of Spain. Yeah, he has big holdings in Spain. So the Fuggers uh, have a, a, a quicksilver mine there. They have olive olive producing mm -hmm. fields no Mountains, orchards orchards and all sorts of uh, all sorts of uh, sources of income but they but they um, are pr pressured into giving uh, Philip this is the son of Karl V or the, he married whatever but he is the Stadthalter he is the how do you say he is the He rules Spain for Karl V. Yeah. You would say Stadthalter in German. Yeah, I know. There's a word in English we've got. Frontman. <laughs> Many words in English. Um, yeah. Oh, it's like a proxy. I, yeah, uh, yeah, like a proxy. Yeah, no, there, there, there is a word for mm -hmm. for when you're ruling for in the name of someone else. Yeah. Sorry, my English isn't very good. Yeah, so uh, Fugger, the Fuggers get pressured into lending also this country money mm -hmm. so much of course what happens they cannot pay it back and then, of course. And then Philip at Philip of Spain at one point decides to have a uh, to declare a state bankruptcy mm -hmm. and the Fugos lose all of their money and Philip is related to Carl yes he's the what did you son say son or son-in-law or something uh, like that yeah right. so they lose a lot of money in Spain Of course, they initially get a lot of money out of Spain. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, okay. Um, because Spain at this time says, like, it's enough with the foreign companies. Mm -hmm. We only want to have our own people profiting from everything. So, throw out all of, all of the foreign, you know. Usual thing. Yeah. So, 
1557, Spain declares uh, uh, bankrupt of the state, and the Fokkers have to close their offices there. Anton Fokker then uh, soon after dies. No. And this is kind of the end. Already. I mean, it's like oh, so 100 it's, it's, years or so something. So it's only three generations. Three generations. Um, Anton declares in his testament that the, com that the company has to be closed. Um, so in his will, he says... All of his assets should be sold. They From the money, they should buy land and become... Uh, Gentle people, yeah, noble no, land no. people. Yep. Um, stop trading. Stop trading. They should have big plots. They should be philanthropists, and they should buy, should build castles. So they just. So he died, yes. and they liquidated the the whole company. Yes. Everything. It took seven years, but oh then, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's huge. It'll yeah. take a while. Yeah, and then the 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 wealth, the what they got, the. the the money they made from this But they distribute between the all of the parts of the family yeah. and up until this day they live in the country they have like bought, built nice looking manor houses or little castles they live from the land they are like they you know I mean the, 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 there is one huge question mm -hmm. why why did he do that why did he Did you reading? Do you Fugger, have any feeling? Also, when I read about Jakob Fugger, also Ulrich Fugger was the first, and Jakob Fugger and then Anton Fugger, they all seem like they do it from nine till five. Yeah. This job as good as they can to like play the game and be the winners, mm -hmm. but it's not like they are not despotic, tyrannic people. They don't do it. For the Medici, for me, seem to me like more like like um, it's in their soul. driven, yeah. Like you know, more I don't know. And so for the Fuggers, it's more like a job, a job and a game. Yeah, but but not like to the point where you give up your your hometown. is yeah. what I'm saying, you know. And especially Anton Fugger seemed to me like a very calm, balanced person. And he he didn't and he was so um, delusionized after the Spain or disillusioned disillusioned after the Spain shit yeah where the king just said okay get your he money said, screw this screw this that he said we have enough money let's you know all have a good life wow this is what that's my a, interpretation yeah, that's I, a, I, don't, yeah, yeah. I didn't have a coffee with him so <laughs> yeah genau and um, so they continued on to be uh, have high offices in the church mm -hmm. and be uh, be commanders and admirals and like high ranking soldiers in the military and also some of them were dukes mm -hmm. they got it probably from the emperor the duke um, and there if you believe on two conspiracy conspiracy therapy theories theory stuff then they are thought about like a little bit like the Illuminatis or the Freimaurer <laughs> yeah on, pulling and, the strings behind the scenes yes so they so they had all of this power and then they went into the underground to you know 
to steer the 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 destiny of, uh, of Europe from you know from behind the, the curtain. Yeah. Also, um, the new book from Neil Stevenson. It's called Dodo. I, I love Neil Stevenson. Yeah. I cannot say anything. The Neil's new book from Neil Stevenson called Dodo. If you read it, you will know what I'm talking about. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> read Neil Stevenson's great. It's amazing. So yes. they, so they're so, responsible. I mean, for a lot of the politics in in Europe, especially getting um, Carl V yes. into power. Also, for me, what I think is um, that a little place, a little town in the south of Germany, Augsburg made you know change the change the the landscape of europe from the middle ages at the end of the middle ages to pro and early uh, capitalism mm-hmm. or then continued on with other dynasties and uh, stuff like that but this is is the, and also the reformation and the protestantism is how why this was successful why this movement was successful is tightly linked to um the to, to the focus and the and what they symbolized at this time. It's amazing that it's only yeah. a, a dynasty of three generations. Yes. It's very short. Yes, correct. And now we take a little break and then we delve a little bit deeper into this short span of history when I talk more about Karl V, the last big emperor of the Habsburger, the Karolinger, and the uh, Langobarden. Oh, the Langobarden. The Langobarden. Mm. Yes. Okay, we are right back. So now I will tell you a little bit about Karl V. And you can sum it, sum it up as the struggle is real. The struggle is real. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, we didn't uh, talk yet about, and also I did not re- did not research it yet. But it's really interesting for me while doing this research. You know, you start. It's like watching YouTube. You start with one video, and then for some reason you end up somewhere else, deep in a rabbit hole <clears throat> with stuff you didn't even know you wanted to know for like hours and hours. And Carl V is. Um, probably not the last I don't know yet but one of the last big emperors of this Holy Roman Empire that came out of the um, the Karolinger dynasty and the Franken kings and Franken emperors and they uh, ruled over it was one of the biggest empires at um, until this time so the the Franken they, they started with Charlemagne Correct, it's in the 800 AD, I think, and or maybe even earlier. And they had almost all or even all of Europe and Asia, Mm -hmm. parts of Asia under their rule. I think maybe only the Mongol king's emperor was had a bigger, a bigger empire at one point. And you must imagine that his. Also his, um, they said his empire was as big that the sun didn't go down. You know, it was the sun never sets. Ne- the sun never sets, and um, they said that about the British Empire as well. Yeah, but, but, but this but is later. A lot later. A lot later. Um, 
he was also, you could say, a pioneer. This is a, the pioneering of the European idea. Mm -hmm. Of course, he didn't have this vision, maybe as we understand it yet. Um, and um, he, um, it was like this, it was, you lived as a normal person, as a peasant in a village that is governed by a graf or a knight. Mm -hmm. And this knight has an allegiance to a higher person up the food chain and this has the allegiance to the king and the king has the allegiance to the empire, okay. emperor. Yeah. And it was huge. So um, also Karl V had this idea to um, rebuild um, an antique feeling empire, you yeah. know, how the Romans, Romans yeah. had it. Um, and um, to um, have universal peace in all of his lands And to unify the, Chris, the Christendom at yep. this time, um, his he was he's born 1500 in Ghent, and he lived only until 1558, mm -hmm. and he was from the Habsburg dynasty that uh, shaped the uh, the landscape of Europe for centuries to come. Not in this capacity, not in this power, but. Still, they were important. Mm -hmm. And his titles, maybe you can read his titles. Yeah, I can, tell, I can read his titles. A couple of his titles. Yeah, okay, a couple. He was very well titled. He was the Roman Emperor. He was the Emperor of Germania, Spain, both Sicilies. Whatever that means. We think maybe Sardinian. Maybe Sardinia. Yeah. yeah. He was Emperor of Jerusalem, Hungary... Dalmatia, Croatia, the Balearic Islands. Um, I think they're the, the Mallorca. Uh -huh. and, uh, Canary Islands, Austria. Burgund. Burgund. Where's Burgund? France. France. Oh, Burgundy. Yes. Yep. Steyr. Okay. Where's in Austria. Yep. Don't mountain, know that. Mountain range. Yep. Brattant. Bra Brabant. Brabant. Nope. Don't have that. Kärnten. Okay, also don't know where that is. Austria. Austria. Krein. Krein. Are, you're just making places up now. These aren't real places. Oberkreiner. That's a wurst. That's a sausage, the Oberkrein. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Luxembourg, Athens. Habsburg. Habsburg, Flanders, Tyrol. Schwaben. Schwaben, which, but, yeah. And now it just goes. <laughs> Asia. What's, what's that word? Herrscher. Ruler, ruler of Asia uh, and uh, Africa. Africa, Mexico and Peru. You would not have guessed that, Mexico and Peru. Yeah. <laughs> so he must have spoke Spanish. No. He uh, spoke, he, 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 of course, he spoke Spanish yeah. um, to his God. It was said, he spoke Spanish to his God, Italian to women, French to men and German to his horses. <laughs> so actually he was he as I said he was born in Ghent so he yep. did not speak German or any other language so Ghent is in Belgium in Belgium um, so he had to learn all of this yep. um, his um, <clears throat> he was very into the olden olden times like he liked lands tournaments he liked the the, 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 the night culture like jousting very in jousting very rustical yeah. uh, you know feasts yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah, also yeah. is um 
his uh, they like he liked to read uh, night novels and mm -hmm. he wasn't this like chivalry knight you know castle fort kind of he had this 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 um, fantasy yeah. and aesthetic um, yeah. this is was also what's going on on his court so they had like jousting those are 1500s that's still mm -hmm. part of that yeah but it was like 300 400 years before that okay you know um, he also was known for gluttony. He liked his food. He later uh, had diabetes, suffered from diabetes. He drank a lot of beer. He started in the morning. His breakfast was beer. <laughs> um, and he lost all of his teeth. That he couldn't chew his meat anymore. He just had to like... He got someone else to chew it for him. So it. he just like, you know, I don't know. Swallowed it or something, uh, and a whole, not, whole pig, a whole pig, and uh, once ro pit, spit spit roasted beer. with beer sauce or something <laughs> like that. Um, exactly. He, but on the other hand, he's also described as being a um, melancholic, not very pretty person. What with no teeth? I can't imagine <laughs> that. <laughs> he um, <clears throat> had strong features. He was not very pretty, and he had red blonde. He, hair. Okay, he was a ginger. On what he also liked to do in his free time was write letters. So he wrote at least one hundred thirty thousand letters to who? To whom? To whom? To people. And one hundred thousand of those letters are still, you know, extant. They, they, they still exist. They still exist. So. 130,000 letters. My God, that's enough to keep a lot of PhD students working. <laughs> yeah. His mother was Johanna the Wahnsinnige, the... Fuck. Crazy. Not crazy. The, Wahnsinnig. We, we translated that. Wahnsinnig. Wahnsinnig. Not a crazy... A insane. Insane. Johanna yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. His mum was Johanna the Insane. But crazy is not like... A, doesn't sound like a scientific... Book. No, no, it's not. Insane is... Yeah. Um, stronger. Okay. Um, at one point, in when he was 21, in 1521, he gave, he gave all of the Habsburg part of his lands, of his territories... That uh, included um, Austria, Hungary, and Böhmen mm -hmm. to his brother Ferdinand. 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 And you know, maybe you heard, maybe you encountered it, um, the Habsburg dynasty in this region. This is like the, like the, not the birthplace, but like this is the very the cradle. like the, the cradle or the core mm -hmm. of the Habsburger dynasty is Austria, Hungary, mm -hmm. uh, Bohemia, and they kept continue um, ruling this, this, this stretch of land for the next hundreds and hundreds of uh, years. It, uh, right up to World War till One. Sissi. To Sisi. To Sisi. Uh, oh, everyone loves Sisi. <laughs> Maybe we'll do something on CC later. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I don't Watch know. the movie. Google it. <laughs> um, his enemies were the were Luther and all of the Protestant people. Yeah, and every, people. everyone else. France. France. And the, Os Os and the Os Osman. Otto Ottoman. Ottoman uh, Empire. Empire. 
because the Ottoman Empire always like whatever I read it's always like and then they were afraid of the Ottoman Empire and then the Ottoman Empire tried to like you know like conquer them and well stuff. the Ottomans got up to uh, Vienna yes but the first they they um, in 15 something they lost the battle in Vienna mm-hmm. so Karl V won that battle but they probably later they oh so Karl when, when, when they sieged Vienna when the Ottomans sieged Vienna Karl V was mm. emperor Ah, yeah, okay, then, then it was... I mean, that was a question, right? No, no, I think I think this is the later, later part. Okay. They, they, I think they tried it several times. Uh, okay. Um, <clears throat> so he won the, the, the struggle after his father was dead to become the new emperor. So his father was Max. Max I. Maximilian I. And this was the started long-lasting feud between Germany and France that still... Lasted till the end of the Second World War or till today. I don't know. I like Ma- I a- like Macron. Yeah, not 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 with wars and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so he he his court was in Madrid. Okay. So Ferdinand. Let's go back to his brother. Yeah. Ferdinand. Mm-hmm. Now did. Is that Ferdinand? Did he go to Spain? Did he run the court in Spain? No, Philip. Philip was okay. We need to make our list. We, we need to make a yeah. Look, it becomes really difficult to keep track of who was the son of who, and it happens with any sort of uh, family line with royalty. You like, also, have also the same names. Oh, it gets even worse in England, where you got after the uh, you get James. The fifth of Scotland mm-hmm. is James the first of England, same person, um, and it just becomes very confusing. We need to um, we do a mind map on this, I think. Yes. Also, the 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 um, what happened at the same time in Europe was normal people got up in the morning when the sun came up, the sun came up and worked on their fields. Mm. <laughs> in other regions, we're like. The popes and kings were involved. What happened? What um, that the emperor Karl V had an on and off, on on again, off again relationship with Clemens the Seventh, the Medici Pope, and was mostly um, about the influence uh, about Flo- um, about in Florence, Milano, and Venice, and was either the pope was either in bed with friends in bed with the Habsburger emperors mm-hmm. and you know power struggles yep. the struggle is real um, the chaos wars destructions um, you know soldier armies roaming the lands were the result of that um, but um, we, when we when we had the Medici podcast you talked about I or you? One of us talked about Karl V marching marching against Rome, mm-hmm. and then uh, putting the Pope uh, into like a seven month confinement into in the Engelsburg, um, where he could finally escape for, after paying shitloads yeah, of yeah. money. Yep. Um, actually, it was not Karl V did not pers- personally do that. It was more like that his soldier armies yeah. made out of Söldner, that means like bought mercenaries. mercenaries, they were like so fed up with everything 
and they were like already in Italy and they wanted like like action and they did it they decided by by themselves to do it so they like <laughs> plundered and destroyed Rome and everything what is in their way Karl V uh, only heard about it from like a messenger on a horse getting to him and he was totally appalled by it but he um, of course used it for political of gain he but he did not like say go to Rome and do that yeah and yeah. yeah. um, Alone in this 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 um, occurrence alone, it took thirty thousand um, people's life. Yeah. Life of thirty thousand people's. But it, I mean, back then probably was a normal occurrence. So then, as we told you before, he had hand in uh, Florence with making Alessandro the Duke of Florence and changing it into a um, from from a republic into a. Dachi. 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 Yep, yep. And that, that, that's when the Medicis became yeah. nobility. Yeah. Um, and in the meantime, in the rest of Europe and the, the New World, um, the uh, social and religious um, upheaval is fermenting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fermenting. Um, the split of the church into two is looming. And Luther and his followers gain more and more traction. Also, Muslim invasion is looming from is Hungary. Mm-hmm. From the Ottomans. From the Ottomans. Um, and um, so he had like a lot lot on his plate. So, But, but the, the Fugas are basically funding all Everything. of this. Everything. Everything. So, so the, all the, the money Fugas, to do... The ev- Fugas are the house bank. Like yeah. the, what do you say? House bank? Bank, house bank, yeah. Of all of this, yeah. in the background, but they are financing all of this. Oh my god, yeah. that's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened at the same time? And Scott and I, we discussed this before, and we were completely unaware of that. Is that um, so? They discovered discovered Mexico and Peru mm-hmm. and you heard about or you've seen pictures of the Spanish conquistadors landing on the shores and then killing everyone Cortez um, that was also funded by the Fugas it was of course funded by the Fugas but it was not I didn't know when the news traveled back to Spain to mm-hmm. Carl V, to his court in Madrid, and they heard the horror stories what was happening in South America. Mm-hmm. They were they were like horrified by that. Yeah, and the whole of Europe that heard about it was also horrified. They didn't they didn't applaud the the slaughtering of all of those people in South America. They were like outraged about this um, degree of violence. Um. So he had to like his reputation was tarnished by that actually. Okay. So I did not know that. No, that, no, was, that was yeah, yeah, that was news to me too. Yeah. Um, in the end, for some reason, when he when Carl V died, he had a big. There was a big, They held a big funeral in uh, uh, Mexico City, and there were two thousand Indios marching. Uh, for the emperor at this time. 2000 native. Native, yeah. South Indians. Americans. Can you, is it political or not correct to say Indians? Well, I don't, hmm. 
And Nobody knows. Na- native South Americans, yeah. I'd say. I mean, because they're not Indian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in the end, Carl V got tired of everything. And um, even after he won this big battle against the Protestant movement in 1547, um, he was like, the fire was out in him. You know, it was yeah. all too much. Um in 1955, uh, sorry, 1555, there's something called the Augsburger Religionsfrieden. Okay. Augsburg religious Religion. peace. Yeah. Um, the creed was um, written down, mm-hmm. and this changed everything because this meant at this time it was a peace between the Protestant, the, the Rep- Protestant, yeah. and the and the Catholic Church, yeah. and this meant that no longer the emperor dictates what everyone has to believe in, mm-hmm. but the ruler of this particular patch of land. Yep. So a duke or a baron or a knight could decide, I'm Catholic or I'm Protestant. Yep. And this um, gave peace to the land. And of course, in the end, like was like the, I don't know, Religious wars and Puritan movement and what are they called in France? Huguenotten. Huguenots, yeah. So, and then in England, there were lots of shit. Bloody religious wars were going down. But at first, it first started with the Augsburger Frieden that each ruler could decide what fate his his people um, have to follow. Hmm. Um, he gives his crown to his son. Philip and to his brother Ferdinand and he leaves his court in Madrid and goes to a little monastery to live the next three years in peace with like probably reading artois novels <laughs> and Merlin novels yeah. that were not around King at Arthur. this time. Um, no, it's just the thing that strikes me is Carl V mm-hmm. was exhausted at the end, and it sounds like Anton was. And he it? had diabetes and he had no teeth. Yeah, okay. But he's he's ex- fed up with the whole power stuff, and it mm-hmm. sounded like Anton was as well, Anton mm-hmm. Fulger. Totally, around the same time. Around actually. the same time. Yeah. And they both said, fuck this. Yeah, fuck this. I'm out. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. But both of them shaped the, the, the landscape of Europe and even South uh, America mm. for the next centuries to come. Yeah. And they come from so different, you know, lines. Yes. Ant- mm. Anton was the fourth grands- the fourth grandson of a weaver of yeah. a little village and Carl V was come from this big centuries spanning dynasty of the rulers of the known world. Yeah. And both of them, you know, played played their role. And yeah. like two people and their managers can shape, could shape so many yeah. faith of so many people, and and shape the the history, well, the, the future at that time for centuries to come. Yeah, and for like everyone, I mean, even the Puritans or the Amish people that later like mm-hmm. emigrated to the U.S. I mean, all of this, the seeds all lie in this like fifty-year time period when Amazing. Luther decided to nail his thesis 
on the door in the church in uh, Wittenberg. Theses. Theses. Yeah, don't say theses because it's. I tried to say theses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, theses is shit. Yeah, I know, I know. You don't I want mean. Luther nailing his theses to the wall. Paper the 99 theses. <laughs> written statements on a piece of paper. But now they say he actually did not nail it. They debate the fact that that, that they actually, that he actually did that. It's like legend. I don't know. I don't know if this is true or not. I'm just saying. Uh, we had the Reformation year, the fifth hundred five hundredth anniversary. Yes, or something of the Reformation last year, or the fifth hundred fifty. Not five hundred. Okay, we had some kind of jubileum of the Reformation last year been. in Germany. And 15, 15, 17. Yeah, and everyone was like totally into that. Uh, in Berlin, we even had an additional national holiday for that. Yeah. Um, and before we did, we, we before we decided to do, to do the podcast, we actually said we will never talk about the Reformation in Luther because it's so boring. <laughs> But apparently, you can't avoid it. You can't avoid it. Um, exactly. And for me, going in before I went into this research. I just thought, okay, there were the Middle Ages and then there came the Renaissance and then there came industrialization and modern times. But I never understood or never heard about that Europe, or especially the Northern Europe regions, were like not into amassing this amount of money for themselves. It was like a, a, like a sin or something. I thought... At all times, people were like, you know, trying to get money and trying to be the, the, the shit. But yeah. apparently it was not so. And when we were in the Hanse Museum, mm -hmm. there was one room dedicated to that, actually. They uh, made it look like a hell, like a forehof of the, of the hell. Yep. Um, Hell's waiting room. Yeah, hell, hell waiting room where they had like all sorts of uh, Bible um, verses that were against of capitalism yeah. and, and, and Thomas Aquinas yes. talking about money um, yes. and exactly all this stuff that, yeah. that it's it's wrong to make money from money yeah so and then and then this exactly this point changed in those you could say roughly 50 years mm -hmm. when they started to uh, find resources in the in the mountains mm -hmm. and make you know trade metals And, um, yeah, discover our, our, the, the credit, step, credit business. Yeah, well, our next episode is going to be about money, and we'll get into a bit of philosophy of money and, and have a look at the sociology and the cultural impact and societal impact of money and the role it plays and how it actually changes the way we think about things and how it changes society. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is pretty obvious in these times, yeah. exactly. So you could say that, um, I would say first, um, the Hanse and the Venetians and also Florence were the big, you know, big, big drivers behind um, trade and, and money making and um, flourishing, you know, to, to, to move the, the civilization forward. Yeah. Um, And the kings and the emperors were just, you know, pulling pulling the strings. But it was driven, it was more and more driven, not by kings, 
but more like but by bankers by, by bankers and this will um and this and this change the landscape of of europe and we will see in the next couple episodes when we talk about the east india company and the birth of the british empire and also the Netherlands, what is it called? Dutch, the Dutch, Dutch East Indies. The Dutch East Indies, how they then, you know, took this idea run with it and expanded it even more. Yeah. I mean, all of this, one thing that's sort of lurking in the back of my head is all of this is a very Eurocentric view of what's happening in the world. Mm -hmm. So it is just a history of Europe um, and with some South America and some, some Asia. China... At, the, at this time was undergoing its own stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't done a lot of research on that. I, I, I think I'd like to. Um, I just read when I, when I read, read about Venice this morning, I read that uh, um, first Genghis Khan and then later Kublai Khan, when Marco Polo went there, mm -hmm. they at one point ruled one third of the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but China at one point, I don't know exactly when, but China closed its borders to the West. Yeah, it was 1470s. They, they burned all of... So before that, China was the shit. Yeah. You know? And then they, one emperor decided, I don't want to deal with this shit anymore. Mm. He closed the borders, burned all of his ships, Yeah. yeah. His, com his complete fleet, and for the next couple of hundred years, they only dealt with themselves. I think that's something worth looking into. Totally. Because all of this is happening about the same time. About because the same it was, time, it, it, yeah. I think it was 1470 something that that they did that. Um, also, the Ottoman Empire. So, be, before the Ottoman Empire came um, um, conquered Byzantine, now is now Istanbul, for instance, and the Venetians kind of ruled it mm. just by sheer force of trade and money, and. Then they lost they lost their power um, because finally the the, the Turks <laughs> won. Yeah. Um, but this was for hundreds and hundreds of years. Also, like the you know the 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 Dreh und Angelpunkt, the the melting pot of of everything. everything. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the the fruits we 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 harvest today. Früchte, die man erntet mm. heute, ist mm. what you say in German. I don't know if you have to say. Yeah, yeah, that fruit you have is for now. Um, and also the sentences we say to each other or worldviews that we have about other cultures or like the Turks or the Mongolian or the Italians or the Austrians. Um, a lot of this stems from this time when, when all of this shit went down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just by chance, you know. In the end, I mean, when when I when I read that, I read like those were Indo-German tribes, those were German tribes, those were la 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 la. In the end, we are all of the same. We all come from German tribes that like that Völkerwanderung, which you still don't believe in. I believe in it. I just don't know what you're talking <laughs> yeah, about. I will tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we're not all descended from German tribes. Mm -hmm. You probably you are for sure this. Yeah, but, but but you know there are a lot of people who aren't <laughs> Australian Aborigine, Aborigines. The okay, uh, they are not descendants. The Asians. I mean, this is what I'm yeah, saying. I mean, it's really important not to be. Yeah. But a lot of Americans are also descended from German tribes. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, yeah, of course they are, or Scandinavian or whatever. But 
Yeah. Like there's lots. I mean, the world is bigger than just Europe. And this is when we were at the Hansa Museum looking yeah. at looking at um, the, the the Mongols and them, them sieging Moscow and Novgorod. Yeah. I mean, this is where East meets West mm-hmm. in a big, big time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really important not to be so Eurocentric. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. We will keep you posted on our discovery about the hidden agendas of some tribes when we find out. <laughs> But now we have a very big challenge. I don't know how much of a challenge it is. So Scott has to eat. So we went to Lübeck, as we told you. And we went to the most famous marzipan producer there is. It's called Niederegger Marzipan. So Lübeck is famous for marzipan. Not just the Hansa. Not just the Hansa, also marzipan. So marzipan was originally sold, made and sold only in pharmacies. And it contains uh, lots, lots, lots of ground-up almonds and sugar. So um, normally it's one one third sugar and two two parts as uh, one part sugar and two parts almond two parts almonds jesus christ um niederegger uh, even um reduces the part of sugar adds more almonds and some very very secretive rose water liquid stuff that is like a family secret only four people know it And we went there, we went to the um, main house, Stammhaus, what mm-hmm. do you call it? Yeah, the, the, the flagship store. The flagship store, <laughs> perfect. And uh, we bought um, a seahorse for Scott, a fingerling potato made out of marzipan for Lindy, a squirrel for Ronald, and uh, what is it called again? Starfish. A starfish for me. And oh, okay. Did you ever have Niederegger marzipan? No, this is okay. the first time. Okay. <laughs> okay, the, star, uh, the seahorse's head has come off, so he's already been decapitated. I know they it's a male seahorse, they carry the young. You, yes. kn- you knew that, didn't yes, you? Yes, I, I knew that, that yes. Yeah. And, and, and all of the all of the all of the um like Scatural pieces they made, make and sell are like handmade. So they, a person puts the marzipan uh, raw masse into a mold. So raw material goes in a mold. And then cast. Everyone, every piece is, is, is individually um, airbrushed. And the eyes are put on also like, like it's, it's hand painted. Also every piece is hand painted. It's chocolate. The eye is chocolate. I just pull his eye off. <laughs> you are a barbaric person. Well, at least I'm not biting an octopus. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, then eat it. Okay, eating the head. Mm. It's not that sweet. It's not that sweet. It's yeah. great. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of really sweet things, but... Mm. It has a really, quite a strong almond taste. Oh. Yeah. It's great. Isn't it delicious? Yeah, it's wonderful. I, I, yeah, eat this. And this has nothing to do with the marzipan you can buy in your supermarket. No, it's but completely it's sweet different. As fuck. Mm, no, this is really good. I really like that. Yeah, Ronald loves it. So I, 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 I brought a lot of marzipan stuff back, back for Ronald, 
and it took him one hour to like Eat it all. devour everything. <laughs> well, he just dislocates his jaw yeah. and everything like a python. Also, uh, one of my cats, Pedro, likes marzipan potatoes. So marzipan potatoes <laughs> are so round, um, round marzipan things. Those are really and good. And he likes, likes to eat them. Mm. You can eat your starfish? Yes, I, I cannot open the fucking... Thank you. So Niederegger Marzipan, they ship worldwide. Probably www.niederegger.com or something. How do you spell that? You are the spelling master. N-I-E-D-E-R-E-G-G-E-R. Niederegger. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Really good. Mm -hmm. So we will have some more of our favorite Slovenian... Cabernet Sauvignon called uh, from the Stocker Vineyard and eat some more starfish, some more Meeresfrüchte, animals of the sea. Seafood. Mm -hmm, seafood. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you for listening. And uh, bye. Bye. Uh.